Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome to your weekly edition of the Cardscast, the weekly uh, podcast from Cardinal Authority. I am senior writer Michael McCammon, joined as always by publisher Jody Demling. Lots to get through in this one, a lot of exciting things to cover. We're going to talk some college football, we'll talk some basketball, we'll talk some baseball. But let's get it started first, Jody, with football, obviously. Cardinals go up to Notre Dame where they were a huge underdog. You know, the over-under was above 60 um, and none of that came to fruition as it became a, basically a defensive battle. As we all know, Louisville fell to fourth ranked number, number three, uh, Notre Dame, 12 to seven. Uh, and what, you know, you, you saw inspired play from the defense and an offense that, that has left many people scratching, like what's going on with, with Scott Satterfield's offense. But uh, all in all, uh, it's something to build off of. But as we heard from Scott Satterfield today, there's there's answers or there's questions they're trying to get answers to offensively. And they're hoping that this can be a springboard for the defense moving forward for the remaining six games. Just as we expected, Michael, and just as we <laughs> talked about a defensive <laughs> struggle, right? That's right. A we both predicted it, right? <laughs> under lock, Louisville's points lock, defensive struggle. I, I, look, I, it, what would you seriously think back? To um, now, my dates are all messed up because it's not a nor- this is not a normal uh, is not a normal season. Think back to September first, Michael, on our podcast that week, and I would have told you that Louisville holds Notre Dame to twelve points. What would you have said? And I'm going to answer for you. You would have oh. said, "Wow, Louisville's going to be four and one or five and zero oh on the season," and yeah, instead exactly. they're one and four. Uh, I, I, you know, I think Scott said. And I know a lot of people have been have been complaining and 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 mumbling and and everything about the play call and this and that. Um, I think Scott Satterfield kind of said it best today. Um, I I think his, I, I think after watching that game and seeing what they've done, I don't think what they did last year. Look, what they did last year was great. The play calling they had last year was just fun. They could do that. I, I think after five games, and, and maybe you should have realized it after four games, but but still, it worked all last year. You might see some tweaks now and some different some different things. Um, although it's not been that big of a disparity as far as pass and run on first down, I, I think you need – I think we'll see your question about Malik Cunningham getting out and, and, and being able to use his legs a little bit. I think we'll see more of 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 maybe some Malik running and 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 having some options on first down to do some different things uh, than just come out and, and and run the ball on first down uh, like they have been. And again, it's not as big of a disparity as far as pass and run as you might think it is. Um, it's only about uh, I think under under 10 let's I think I think is what it is so it's not that big of a deal but I do think moving forward you you just have to get this offense spark somehow some way yeah you know and I think what was really glaring was the number of you know first down runs straight up the middle um and and when you're not getting it you know play after play after play and it felt like there was a ton now obviously Louisville only played 
you know, 45 plays against Notre Dame, which is a ridiculous, ridiculously low number, uh, you know, didn't finish his script until the first play of the second half, which is, you know, I'm not, he said it's never happened to him before. And I'm no, not sure I've ever heard of that happening before. I mean, when you script your first 10 plays, you know, but as, as he pointed out during his press conference today, you know, that's on him, you know, they should have looked for other ways to, to get the ball, you know, more to the outside, whether it be, you know, you know, an option play or a quick screen play or Malik with his legs. And like, you you know, I think we've seen, you know, Malik become a little bit more creative or have more opportunities to keep the ball himself. And when he does, usually something good happens. I mean, he's usually able to pick up, you know, at least a few yards, which is going to get you in a better position than they were for much of that game against Notre Dame, where it was, you know, second long, maybe even sometimes behind the sticks. It almost seemed like half of their first downs or second downs they were behind the sticks, and that's certainly not what you want to be working against when you're going against, you know, ACC competition, especially upper tier ACC competition. So, you know, and to, to throw another question, I'll throw a question at you, Jody. If you, if I would have asked you, hey, at five games into the second season after what we experienced in 2019, we're going to be more concerned about the offense than defense. Would you have believed me? Uh, no, not at all. I would have. <laughs> I, I mean, I just there's just no way to. Um, um, <laughs> There's just no way to think that that would have been possible, Michael. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, this is look at the look at the weapons that are on this team, and 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 and, and I do I do think some of it is some of the, some that we might not have th- thought about was the first year of a coach and the first year of the of his system, the first year of his play call, and in in that kind of thing does catch some teams off guard a little bit, and and, and sure. so I think you. You, you know, they the scouting is better. The uh, uh, you know, the, the the who the players are better. I mean, not a lot of people knew who Javion Hawkins was last year, even though yeah. Hawkins is having a great season this year. He's fourth in the country in rushing yards. Um, he's not as as explosive as he was last year. Tutu Atwell's not doing uh, you know, when when he gets that, you know, gets to try to get that edge. He's not getting that edge like he was. You know, teams are taking guys and 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 making sure the angles and and the outside and this and that. I mean, there's just different things that teams are doing to this Louisville team. And I guess we should have probably realized that some, but not as much as they are. They still have explosive guys. Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball, really got to tip your hat to to Brian Brown. I mean, here's a guy that you know, uh, hopefully he wasn't listening to the call-in shows or reading the message boards or, or whatever, because he was get he was getting blasted. I mean, really, to, to put it bluntly, uh, you know, at least for the last week, if not, you know, even further, um, you know, and to, to come out and, and really, and we heard it going into the week, and you never know what you're hearing when, it, when it's coach speak or not, but we heard how they, you know, they rediscovered the chip on their shoulder and they were ticked off again, and, you know, and it all sounded great. But once they got on the field against Notre Dame, that was a very much better performance by the defense i mean the, the notre dame entered the game averaging 40 points a game you know over 480 or 475 yards of offense a game got held to 12 held to 338 yards total defense louisville as a defense was given up i think 34 35 points a game going into that uh, contest again only gave up 12 so you know whether you want to say notre dame is, is overrated or not none of that matters the the reality is you know they got blown up by a a Georgia tech team that really they had no business getting blown up by. And then we're able to turn around in, in a week's time and have that kind of performance. Uh, and it's still you not know, great. I mean, as Scott Satterfield pointed out, they still need to get much better on third down. They let Notre Dame convert eight of 14 at third down attempts and couldn't get the, the Irish off the field on that last fourth quarter drive. But all in all, a much, much, much better pl- uh, performance by the defense uh, on Saturday than what we've seen through the start of the year. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. I think it, that's that's the case um, is, uh, you know, you've you've see I, I don't know that the defense was really as improved. I mean, not not that they didn't improve from week to week. I just think they did what they were supposed to do this week. And for whatever yeah, yeah, reason, yeah. I, look, I go back to to, you know, we we reported and we talked about last week a couple of freshmen that weren't on that travel squad. There were a couple other guys that weren't on that travel squad. Uh, for Georgia Tech game that normally play on special teams. I, I just have to wonder if there wasn't some sort of uh, uh, issue that week. We've heard Scott Satterfield talk about, uh, and, and I don't mean anything major. I just think guys maybe not doing what they were supposed to do. You know what I mean? And, and coaches getting getting fed up with it and saying, well, you're, you're not traveling or you're staying home or you're doing whatever. Because you heard Scott Satterfield mention several times now that the week leading up is what really – uh, helped this week. And, 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 and it's not about, that's the thing. It's not just about game day in college football. It's about those days leading up. And if you don't do your job in a couple of those days leading up, it's not going to be good, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, you bring up a point. One of the things we've, we've seen on the field, you know, the Miami game, it really jumps out to me, you know, the, the first few plays against Pittsburgh, Jumps out. Um, second half performance against Georgia Tech really jumps out where guys just didn't up. They just didn't blow through the blockers to get to a tackle. They, you know, they took poor angles or they were basically left, you know, standing on their flat of their feet as an as an opponent went by. Um, it necessarily wasn't always a scheming issue. And this week, as, as you pointed out, guys did their job, um, you know, and when you do your job, you're going to get a much better result. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and, and and I think the, the the secondary played so much better. Yeah. Uh, in in this game, um, the secondary uh, was really really good. I thought the safeties the safeties still needed a little little work. Um, Sorry, I just got a uh, text message and my phone almost <laughs> knocked off there. Uh, the secondary still still played much better. The, the, the safeties still need some work, uh, in my opinion. Um, and I think we'll start to see those young guys play now uh, as we've gotten through the five really, I mean, you know, four of the five toughest games, three of the five toughest games of the year, uh, I guess. And then and in a road game at Georgia Tech. So we'll see. We'll start to see some of the young guys, I think, uh, work themselves in a little bit more. Um, but but the corners played really well. Um, Trey Clark is the best guy in the secondary, and he proved that the other day, and he showed that the other day. Chandler Jones really stepped up, I thought, and played a pretty good game in this game. Anthony Johnson didn't get a ton of uh, of snaps, but 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 did what he was supposed to do when he was in there. Uh, and then Greedy Vance, I thought, was a positive, mm-hmm. positive step in the right direction. Greedy Vance uh, got in there in a couple of uh, series in this game. Uh, not only did he do a nice job downfield coverage on a couple, there was one of the sacks in the first half um, was because of a, it was a coverage sack basically. And, and greedy was in on that play. And, 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 and it's funny, we were in the radio booth and Craig Swabeck and I both just happened to be watching him the entire, cause we had just talked about, he was in for the first series and we both watched him the entire time. And I'm like, Oh, and I'm like, Oh, he got a sack. And I was like, Oh, it's because of the secondary. And then you watch the replay. And the, and the secondary did a good job, but Greedy was was good in there. And he stuck his nose in a couple of times. He didn't get – I don't think he got credited with a tackle, but he but he stuck his nose into the pile. And uh, he's just not a big guy right now. 
Um, and, and that's the problem with some of these freshmen, especially a guy like Greedy, who just got here in July. He hasn't had that. Uh, he hadn't had the opportunity to go through a, a spring and in, in a in a in a winter of 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 weight training. So he's still only about 155, 165 pounds probably at the most. And uh, he's gonna be really good. And 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 you got to get these guys to play. And I thought that that was a big step in the right direction the other day. Yeah, you mentioned Trey Clark. Yeah, obviously, he's huge back there. We have heard a lot of great things about him, um, and he showed that uh, against Notre Dame. You also mentioned Chandler Jones. You know, you know, I've been a big fan of his ever since. He's kind of you know underperformed, but against Notre Dame, really stepped up to have the type of game that I think a lot of people expected of him. Finished with four tackles, had that one really nice, uh, impressive sack, had a, a pass breakup. You know, and and obviously we got to mention Monty Montgomery, a guy that comes guy that comes off the bench basically to lead the team with 13 tackles as two more sacks currently leading the team in sacks. And, and I'll tell you what, Jody, um, whatever they've done, maybe it's the, the competition with Desmond tell, uh, but Jared Goldwire seems to have a little bit more fire uh, in his play as well. Uh, he set another career high for tackles against Notre Dame. So a lot of positives to be taken away, uh, you know, for this defense. And again, it's still a work in progress. I, I, I don't think anybody should go into the game against Florida State thinking, okay, we can hold the Seminoles to 12 points. Um, you know, don't don't let that be your barometer. Uh, but certainly, uh, instead of you know hanging their heads and basically giving up on the year, which we saw two years ago, this is a group that said, no, 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 we're not going to do that now. You know, we are much better than what people think we are. Let's go out and prove it. And they certainly took a nice step. Now they just got to, you know, they've had some really close opportunities of taking, getting some takeaways that you know. If they were able to get one of those interceptions, which it looked like they almost had a couple against Notre Dame, you know, Louisville may have won that game. You know, so you got to start getting some takeaways, but you know, you got to take the positive when you can get it, and they certainly showed some positives. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I think go back to Mon- Monty Montgomery. You know, a lot of yeah. people were like, uh, "Well, he needs to be on the field. He needs to be on the field." Monty Montgomery has been on the field a ton. I mean, a lot. Yeah, we don't have. It's not like I want to. I want to end this like. What everybody and some people talk about the uh, uh, you know stats and participation on it. Look, it's hard enough, especially in a year like this when there's no red shirts and everybody you know a lot of people play in a lot of positions to get the participation. So so I'll just say there there's no real good way to find snaps. Um, at, sometimes we get lucky and I'll get them from from a staff member here or there or whatever. But in the Georgia Tech game. In the Georgia Tech game, Evan Conley and Puma Pass both played. They didn't really play, but they both played in the participation report. So that just shows you how difficult it is um, to get some kind of participation report uh, complete. Now, I, I figured out Puma Pass was actually Marvin Dallas, who played on kickoff and kickoff return, um, is number 14 not number four, so the Georgia Tech people just kind of messed that up. I still haven't figured out how the six got in the game because I don't think there's a 16. Is there? I don't believe there's a 16. Maybe yeah, there is. Could have been. Could have been uh, a yah yah. You know. Yeah, they, they could have put. They could have just yeah. put him down for yah yah. I guess is what it is. So my point is, it's very difficult to figure these things out. But for those out there that have said that Monty Montgomery has not played a ton, I don't know this 100. percent Okay, I'm very confident that I'm within two or three numbers of it. I believe Monty Montgomery has played the fourth most snaps of anybody on defense this season. And I think 
Etheridge and, and Avery are ahead of him. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. really been those three guys. Like Robert Hicks got a lot of run the other day, and Robert Hicks is a guy that's improved maybe more than anybody on defense because this time last year they couldn't put him in on defense because he couldn't you know, remember every everything that he needed to do. So he's improved a ton. But Monty Montgomery has been on the field a lot, and he makes play after play after play. He usually Seems in like the second – Usually in the second series, he comes in for Etheridge. The third series, he comes in for Avery. And then there's one series uh, in the first half, typically, where he is in there uh, with Robert Hicks, uh, the two of them together. So he's playing at least three, probably four series a half. And he's coming in on third downs as well when he's not in there. So, yeah, he's playing a ton, and he's been the best player. Right now, he's the defensive MVP, in my opinion. I think Robert Hicks has improved a ton. Goldwire has improved a ton. He's come up with six tackles in each of the last two games. And and I hate to say it, but I still think, uh, you know, because I, I know, you know, we don't like to talk bad about kids, um, but I think it's pretty obvious that Rajay Burns is having the toughest year of anybody yet. And I think we expected a lot more of him. I think the staff expected a lot more of him. I think they need, he needs to get some things straightened out and figured out and, uh, uh, and he played so much better last year than he has this year. Yeah, I agree. You know, in fact, when he had that tackle for a loss against Notre Dame, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're, yeah, you haven't seen number 10 that much, you know. So, um, you know, that, that is a good point. But, uh, you know, Monty's kind of like the Camden George of the defense. You know, he may not be on that top line, that first line when you look at the depth chart, but certainly, you know, he, he's in the game quite a bit. And, and like you, I agree, you know, if, if we're doing MVP at this point of the year, uh, Monty Montgomery is certainly going to get that nod for me as well. So, um, you know, now coming up, they got Florida State coming up. You know, it was a game that, uh, you know, just a few days ago looked like it might have been a, you know, I don't want to use the word easier, but not as difficult of a challenge. But certainly they are looking a lot more improved with former Louisville quarterback now, you know, and then transferred down there in 2018 to Florida State. Jordan Travis has kind of, you know, sparked them a little bit. Big win over number five, North Carolina. Uh, on Saturday, 31-28 down in Tallahassee. Almost gave it up at the end. Um, you know, some strange drop passes by the Tar Heel receivers as they were trying to make a last-ditch effort. But a really impressive performance, especially offensively for the Seminoles. So a uh, very difficult challenge coming in. Uh, Louisville is favored, but uh, it should be an interesting ball game uh, this Saturday you know, at noon, kickoff at Cardinal Stadium against the Seminoles and the Cardinals. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. Um, <clears throat> that line is very interesting. I thought the line last week was very interesting. I thought there is no way, uh, there's no way that this, um, uh, you know, it, it kept going. It went down and then it went up and then it went back to where it was. And I think it ended up being, it, I, I saw it at 17 and you were like, ah, oh, this is, you know, it, most people thought, okay, this is pretty easy money right here. Well, it was easy money. Yeah, it was easy money for the under and easy money for the Louisville uh, uh, beating the spread kind of thing. So you think this week I look at it and look, these guys that make these lines are usually pretty darn good. Uh, but I look at this week's and and Louisville opened it at nine. It went all the way down from what I to what I saw at one point this morning at three and a half. And now as we type, as we uh, talk right now, it's back up to five or five and a half. So it, it's been all over the place. And, and I don't I think it's it's two teams that that Vegas doesn't know what to do with either one of them uh, yeah, is, hard is to quite out. honest. Is quite honestly. I mean, Florida State's kind of Jekyll and Hyde and Louisville's just been kind of uh, stuck in in neutral pretty much, uh, you know, the entire season. So 
Uh, hopefully the cards can get it out of neutral and uh, a noon game should be uh, should be fun. Looks like it's uh, the last I looked, it was going to be uh, decent weather, at least uh, for for this time of of the year. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Michael, I, I think this is a game where Louisville should win. I mean, I, I know I've said that before and uh, <laughs> they got to win at some point, I think, here the rest of the season. But I think this is a game that Louisville should definitely win. Yeah, I think, you know, the motivation on both sides, uh, both sidelines is going to be very high uh, for this game. Obviously, Louisville, a lot of Florida representatives on their on their roster. Um, obviously, Jordan Travis, a former Cardinal now leading the Seminoles. You know, that's going to resonate throughout their roster as well. And they're both teams that are trying to right the ship. You know, Florida State, you know, is probably feeling really, really good about themselves right now. I mean, that's that's a big win, whether North Carolina is overrated or not. Um, that's a really impressive win. Now they're on the positive side, picking up their first ACC win, something that Louisville desperately uh, needs to do. You know, we were we went through the ESPN football power index yesterday, and that's kind of reflective of Louisville's season. It's kind of like, you know, they start the season off where they're favored, you know, percentage wise in, in 10 of 11 games. And and then, you know, last week, it's like, you know, they'll be lucky to, to win three games. And then even though they lost to Notre Dame, now Louisville's favored in six of the last, you know, or five of the last six games or whatever the case may be. You know, so it, they're still, you know, the, the computers are still trying to figure out what Louisville is all about. And Louisville is a favorite, you know, in the in the in the football power index uh, to defeat Florida State. I like Louisville's chances. Um, you know, I would still want to kind of, you know, get through the week. I'm not ready to make a pick on this one because, you know, like you said, I think both teams have been Jekyll and Hyde. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see what the feedback is coming out of practice for both programs. Uh, throughout the week before we can you know get to the point where we're throwing up a, a predictive score um you know but i do i, th- I think this is louisville a game louisville should win it's a it's and it's a game that louisville really needs uh to look at is a must win um i know yeah. that they're you know the 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 bowl qualifications are, are changing for this year because of everything that's going on but certainly you got to start winning some ball games and this is one that they've got to win to really get the the momentum going in there on their side yeah, a couple, couple of other football notes here real quick uh, uh, before we move on to a little basketball and, uh, and some women's basketball. We've got an interesting women's basketball topic I want to I discuss. But uh, uh, football-wise, uh, I, I just want to throw this out there. I'm uh, in the process of, of writing a story right now. Um, but, but continued prayers for Coach Schnellenberger. He had a procedure uh, over the weekend to kind of help with his recovery efforts. He's still... Uh, not able to go home. He hasn't been able to see his wife, Beverly. They haven't seen each other since uh, I, now. I can't even remember when the fall I, I can't, I was trying to f- figure out when his fall was um, Michael. It's been a couple of months. It's been now. a couple of months. Yeah. Um, in, in, we wrote about it. Uh, my story about it. Yeah. It was August the 10th. So it was about a week or so before that was the beginning of August, so all of August, all of September, and almost all of October, where they haven't really seen each other. She's been able to visit and 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 I think see him through a window kind of thing. Uh, but again, he had a procedure uh, over the weekend, and and just yeah, you hate to see it, but uh, um, you know, coach still uh, still battling and uh, and still staying strong. So uh, just keep him. Uh, keep him in your thoughts uh, uh, and and your prayers uh, there as well. Uh, as far as uh, recruiting is concerned, um, some good news, uh, in my opinion. Um, I've done a lot of checking in the last week or so, and uh, and and I don't right now, and it and it could all change, but right now I don't get the sense that uh, 
that Louisville is worried about losing any of the current commitments. Um, and I don't get the sense that any of the current commitments at this point are uh, are wavering on the on their commitment. Um, I'm not I'm knocking on wood. Uh, you knock on wood. It's, <laughs> and again, it's you know re- recruiting ha- changes all the time and and things happen all the time. I mean, you know, Lobo was Zen's dream school, and I, I don't I mean I don't the kid wasn't lying when he said that to us. Um, <laughs> and and when he said that to you know in like 14 different interviews with uh, TV stations and newspapers and recruiting sites and everything else. Um, you know, when he committed and even after he committed, he wasn't lying when he said that things just happen and change in recruiting. And, uh, and, 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 and so it, it's nothing's going to be definite. And until December, uh, again, we only, we're, we're, we're less than we're right at two months from, uh, is it two months from this week? I think Michael, as a matter of fact, two yeah, months from, uh, so. from this yeah. week, uh, of, of signing day. But right now, from what I understand, the staff feels pretty confident in those, uh, in those 21, and I'll go even further. I know a lot of people have talked about wide receiver. Um, I, I would I would say on October 19th and about two months away from signing day, I think if you had to ask Louisville about the two wide receiver commitments they have um, that, that are in there, Amari uh, Huggins, Bruce, and Demetrius Cannon, uh, I think that the staff would say that they would be very surprised if those two guys don't sign coming up in, in a couple of months. So that's good news. That's good news. Uh, Youssef Mukhabil or however, I think that's how you say Mukhabil is how you say his name. Uh, it sounds like he's going to Florida. I put a, I put a crystal ball in for Florida. Um, I think they'll get him. Armand Bethea is, uh, is a guy who still nobody wants to pull that trigger and, and, and put a crystal ball in uh, Arizona state, Arkansas, Ole Miss and Louisville are the four. Um, I really like Louisville's chances. Um, I'm not ready to do that crystal ball yet, but I think that they've got a really good chance, uh, you know, for him. Um, and, and, and again, I think the rest of those, um, there's some guys that are fringe guys that they're looking at, but I think the rest of the past could end up being grad transfers because as we've seen, they need some help in some areas right now. And I think it's probably better just to, to go grab a grad transfer. There's going to be thousands of guys out there, uh, available and Louisville's only going to have, um, you know, two or three positions left. So, uh, so I think that's, that's what it'll end up being, Michael. Yeah. And when you look at the, you know, the contribution that came to Georgia grad transfer from UConn, I mean, Scott Satterfield basically said he's been awesome for them this year. Um, obviously that's a plus. So when you, and, and obviously Trey Clark is not a grad transfer. He's more of a, a unique situation, but both those guys coming in, uh, through the transfer market, immediate impact type guys that are that are doing quite well so yeah i like the idea of keeping a couple spots open you know for for, you know getting somebody like that they can't come in with the experience and impact right away yeah and 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 look you you see that the guys that we've had i mean the louisville the the grad transfers or the transfers that they've had that played have uh uh, you know come in and done immediate and made an immediate impact um you know, you look at uh, even even the, for the most part, a lot of the JUCO guys. I mean, Yaya started mm-hmm. all five games. Monty Montgomery last year, uh, uh, right there. Um, and you know, Marvin Dallas and and, uh, and and KJ Cloyd are guys that have played a ton because they're playing on all the special teams. And I think you'll see them more and more as we move along down the season. Uh, you know, really the only junior college guy. That, that they've had, I think that hasn't seen the field um, is Trevor Reed. And he's playing 
on special teams and uh, in a kick off, uh, kick um, extra points and field goals. He's just not playing right now in the rotation, but I think he'll be in the rotation by the end of the season as well. So they've, the staff has done a good job with junior colleges, transfers and grad transfers. And I think they'll have to do that again this year to kind of shore, uh, you know, some things uh, to shore some things up moving forward into uh, next season. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, some basketball. Um, I mean, nothing really new since the first week of, uh, you know, they, they started on Thursday. They uh, Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. They had a team meeting on Wednesday night. Um, you know, instead of the team meeting out on uh uh, on the on the floor or in in the in the film room, they did it out on the floor where they could space out and in the gym in the practice gym at the at the Keeper Center. You'll that that's the only difference you're gonna see this year. Um, and and we won't be able to see it because nobody can go in there. But that's the only difference that they're gonna have is they'll have to do some meetings different, space things different, and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, um, you know, from what I understand, it was a, it was a, a good first week. Um, you know, Carly Jones is still the best player, uh, on the team. David Johnson still has the most potential uh, on the team and is playing at a pretty high level. And Samuel Williamson still made a lot of improvement, but from what I understand needs to, to work on defense more than, uh, uh, more than anything right now. I guess the biggest thing that I've heard, uh, in week one, um, and we had talked about this on a podcast a few weeks ago, Michael, about, what would they do with Gabe Witznitzer now that uh, you don't have to redshirt because you get an extra year of eligibility anyway is, is mm-hmm. uh, 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 going to be the deal? Um, I've heard he has looked actually a lot better than what they anticipated, and uh, I think we'll probably see him on the floor this season. Um, I, I would have said no until they made that rule, um, yeah. but now that everybody gets a year of eligibility, I think we'll probably see him on the floor. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, almost a why not now. I mean, it, it's 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 better than redshirting and, and just practicing against your own teammates every day. Now you get an opportunity to potentially, you know, work against uh, some actual real competition. So that, as they say, so looking forward to seeing how that does transpire. But like you, I, I would expect to see him on the floor. You know, we did have a chance to talk to uh, Malik Williams and Carly Jones uh, on Wednesday of last week. Really impressed uh, by both of them. I mean, uh, Malik sounds like he knows what he needs to do. Uh, as far as from a leadership standpoint, I like how Chris Mack, uh, you know, is basically, you know, challenging him to become more of a force, not just inside, but, you know, throughout, you know, wherever he is on the floor. And they're going to still give him an opportunity, you know, to, to play a little bit on the perimeter as well. But Carleek, I mean, uh, how can you um, – I haven't been so excited to see maybe a grad transfer that Louisville's had. And they've had quite a few over the last few years uh, than Carleek Jones. I mean, from what we've heard from – 
you know, from within the program and then just chatting with him, you know, individually, I mean, is a guy that's just motivated, driven, you know, and is pretty excited about the opportunity of, of you know, no slight to Radford, but being able to make that step up from a program like Radford into an ACC traditional power program like Louisville and become one of those immediate leaders. And, you know, and for a guy like that to step in and be chosen as a team captain is kind of really unheard of. I mean, those are guys that have usually been around for a while um, that have the experience of dealing with, with their, with their teammates. And here's a guy that they came in in June and is now you know viewed as one of the team leaders, you know, both on and off the court. So they're really looking forward to seeing how he performs on the floor. Yeah, and I think if you know, if you think about it, um, you know, think don't think about, you know, don't think about other grad transfer guys. He's different, you know. What I mean, he is mm-hmm. a a much different player than what what Louisville's had at, at, at that grad transfer spot in the last couple of years. And, and quite honestly, he is better. You know, Brian Snow, uh, our colleague from twenty four seven Sports, has has known and seen Carleek for a long time. Uh, Brian, you know, lives in Indianapolis now, but is from Cincinnati and has got a lot of connections in that area and, and did live in Cincinnati for a long time. So he's known about him and seen him since he was a young kid. And I mean, just continues to praise, uh, the, you know, the, how, how he thinks he can, his game can translate and transfer into, uh, the division one level. I'm just excited to, to see that and, uh, and, and, and to see what we can get, uh, done with that. All right. I'm, I posted this on the board, um, right as we were kind of starting this podcast or getting ready to start this podcast, this whole thing with the Louisville MTE scheduling is, is an absolute just kind of a disaster because of Western Kentucky. From what I understand, Louisville has five schools that are already signed contracts, Arkansas, Little Rock, Duquesne, UNC Greensboro, Southern Illinois, and Winthrop. Louisville is the team that makes it number six, so the Cards will be would be the sixth team. And Prairie View A&M is, has agreed but has not signed the contract yet. Uh, they're expected to sign something you know, this week and, and hopefully get it back to Louisville this week. Western Kentucky was the eighth team. Then they were out. Then they were back in. On Saturday, I was told they were uh, – uh, I'm sorry, on Friday, I was told they were back out again. On Saturday, I was told they were back in, and now today I'm hearing that they're actually back out again. And I think more than anything, Louisville has just told Western Kentucky, all right, we're done. It. We're moving yeah. on. Forget it. Um, you know, I've heard that they had some demands on who they wanted to play and when they wanted, you know, all that. And look, when you have eight teams and they're going to have three games a day at the Yum Center, one day is only going to be uh, one men's game because there's a women's game that day. Um, they don't know the times for a while because they're trying to work out TV and and, you know, what network and who's going to pick up games. And, you know, there's not enough, there's not a lot of, uh, of games out there. So people, you know, everybody wants, I mean, you, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of time on networks. So there's a lot of people that want things. So, um, so yeah, so I think, uh, uh, you know, Western was going to play two games in Nebraska and three games here in, in Louisville. Uh, so now I think, uh, Louisville's going to probably move on. Uh, from Western Kentucky and, uh, uh, and, 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 and like I said, I've just heard they're being very, very difficult and, uh, and you know, just, just move on. Let's get the schedule out and move on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let you know, get it done, you know, and you know, obviously, you know, you've been doing a great job of keeping, you know, as difficult as it has been, you've been doing a great job of, of keeping the, uh, the users on our premium message board at Cardinal authority up to date on the ins and outs on, on who's, uh, you know, coming in. And obviously you've got a great update again. Uh, right now. So if you haven't seen it, log on to uh, cardinalauthority.com and, and go to the Insiders Forum and, and get some more uh, there right now. Also want to real quick uh, 
mention again, we've got the, the new Twitter account for Cardinal Authority itself. Obviously, you and I both have our own personal Twitters, but Cardinal Authority now has its own as well, and it's it's picking up some followers, and it's another great way to make sure you, you get all the content that we produce. You can just go to Twitter and search Cardinal Authority or just type in 247 Louisville and uh, hit the follow button, and you'll be in business as well. So, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I'll be, you know, I'm looking forward to finally seeing some action uh, in the Yum Center. Um, you know, the, the women's huh. program, Jeff Wall's hopefully, team. Hopefully, you know, Ho- yeah, hopefully yeah, you'll be hopefully, able to see yeah. some action in yeah. the Yum Center. <laughs> I need to remember to keep using that word uh, whenever we talk about sports this year. But, you know, and then Jeff Walls and his team, they announced their, their non conference uh, schedule uh, over the weekend as well. So, a lot of yeah. exciting things on the basketball front. I want to mention this before because I, I, this is a very interesting topic that uh, would probably uh, we could talk about for a while uh, if we wanted to. But did you did you see the the Louisville women? Have you have you did you pay attention to the Louisville women's schedule, Michael? Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay, did. who was yeah. who was who was who was missing? Kentucky. Yes, they were. <laughs> Louisville and Kentucky are not going to play this year in women's college basketball. Uh, I'm not sure how. Uh, it worked out or what was going to happen, but, uh, but Louisville John will Calipari play. John Calipari was not involved, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, Louisville <laughs> will play at Middle Tennessee to open the season at Cincinnati on that weekend and then uh, home against Eastern Kentucky on Sunday, November 29th. December 4th uh, uh, against UConn in Uncasville, Connecticut, the Mohegan Sun Arena. And then December 6th, that's a Sunday at home against Bellarmine. Um, and then... After that, from what I understand, the uh, the big the uh, the uh, ACC 20 game schedule will begin around December 10th. So you're talking about the ACC schedule coming up uh, a little, uh, uh, you know, beginning a little earlier. I think they're going to give teams from what I understand, they would give teams uh, a full week off at some point, like twice in the season uh, in order to uh, to make it. You know, see if you, you know, I mean, to, to make it so you could make up some games and that kind of thing. So, uh, uh, so yeah, uh, right now, five non conference games and, uh, and no Kentucky. And I've been told that they're not going to play Kentucky, uh, in women's basketball this year. So it'd be a first time in a long time that those two teams, yeah. uh, have not squared off. And then there is the ACC Big Ten Challenge, uh, that's still on, on the table, from my understanding as well. Yes. For women. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I understand as well. So, yes, definitely. Uh, you know, but but it does. You, know, you look at their five games, uh, you know, it, there's a lot to be excited about. Obviously, you mentioned UConn Louisville. That's become a, a, a great series. Louisville beat them the last time they played in the regular season. UConn obviously got the revenge in the postseason, knocked them out in the Elite Eight. Also excited to see, you know, Samantha Williams, former longtime Jeff Walls assistant uh, here at University of Louisville. You know, now leading Eastern Kentucky, you know, she's uh, entering her second season with the Colonels. So uh, exciting to see them come uh, and play the Cardinals. It's been a long time since those two programs, uh, I think about so, well, nine, ten years now since those two programs have played. So uh, nice yep. to see them hook up with EKU as well. And they play at Cincinnati, which is Michelle Clark Hurd. She was a, yeah, uh, yeah. his assistant coach who Samantha Williams replaced, who was on his first staff here at the University of Louisville. And Michelle went to Western and then now is in her fourth year, I think, at Cincinnati. So has done a good job with that program. So it's a good non-conference. Uh, it's a really good non-conference schedule. Uh, only two non-conference home games 
uh, at, at, though at the at the Yum Center, uh, December 6th and November 29th. And again, that November 29th date will be in the middle of the MTE and in in, uh, in uh, the bubble, I guess is what uh, a lot of people are saying. So it'll be a very interesting uh, dynamic. I'm not sure when the ACC Network, probably on a Sunday, I would imagine, would pick up. Uh, a women's game i would think they would have a couple women's games so i'm not sure when they would play the louisville game uh and then there would be a men's game at some point it will not be the louisville men that day though uh from what i understand they will not play on on that day so uh hopefully we'll have a schedule here soon we'll hopefully we'll get a football victory here real soon like in a few days and uh we will keep you posted when there is a a men's schedule we'll do a a special edition of uh, the cards cast. And if there is any kind of movement in recruiting uh, over the course of the next uh, week or so, we would do a, an update as well. But for now, that's uh, our weekly edition of the Cardinal Authority podcast cards cast. It's Michael, Dim- Mike- Michael McCammon and Jody Dimling talking to you here today. Keep clicking. We've got everything for the Louisville, Florida state game week. We will and hey, see you later in the week. Let me throw this in there real quick, Jody. Good luck to Will Smith in the World Series. They get go, going against uh, the, the Dodgers in uh, Tampa Bay on Tuesday. So good luck to Louisville product Will Smith in the World Series. All right. We'll see you later in the week. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.